Welcome to Good Enough-ish. I'm Brooke Forey. And I'm Amanda Jefferson. We are two organization-loving friends sharing tips, strategies, real-life experiences, and fails of trying to be good enough-ish at everything we juggle in life. I own Indigo Organizing. I help busy people simplify their lives at home and at work. I co-own Curious & Company Creative, a branding design firm, and I created the Balance Bound Planner that helps you get organized and prioritize self-care. You can find us on Instagram at goodenough.ish, and you can find the show notes over at goodenoughish.com. If you have questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes, email us at goodenoughishpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 484-440-9498. So let's start the show. Let's do it. Hey, Amanda. Hello, Brooke. We're still so close yet so far away. So far away. Hopefully this is our last um, virtual recording session for a while. I look yeah. forward to hunkering down in your house. Recording yeah. somewhere. And we're not recording virtually today because I'm still, you know, contagious. It's more that we've got house guests and usually when we record at my house, it's a whole extravaganza and we take over the living room. And so we're just doing a little quickie, a little quickie today. I know. Yeah, but I'm excited to chat. We haven't really talked too much since um, I saw you on Saturday night and we went to see Rent. Oh my gosh. Have you been singing it in your head nonstop like I I have been. And what's funny is that some of the songs I have been singing in my head over and over again are like not my favorite ones. Me neither. I get like, depending on like the hour of the day, it's a different song. Like. Earlier, it was the Tango Maureen, which I don't really like that song all that much. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's been like a different song every couple of hours, but um, it was so fun. I was was so glad that we did it because you remember a couple episodes back, uh, we were talking about creating slack and margin in your life. And I was feeling like, oh gosh, you know, this is the night before our guests are coming. Should I do this? Am I going to be present? It was perfect and lovely. It was so fun. Yeah. Yeah. I brought one friend to the table. You brought five friends to the table. <laughs> so it's kind of funny how it worked out. Yeah, yeah. But like all eight of us, I can't believe no one had to cancel because of a sick no. kid or anything. No. Eight of us went to dinner and then went to see Rent. And it was like a perfect fall night in media. So yeah, I thank know. you for getting the wheels in motion. And it it kind of, it relates a lot to what we're talking about today. Yes, it so much does. Oh, yeah. before we t- get dive into that though, I was, just wanted to say we introduced a few of your friends to the concept of the doodle, which yes. is something we should mention that our listeners might love. So the doodle is a tool that you can use to find a time that works for everyone. So I did a doodle of all the show times of rent that worked for me, and then everybody could go on and pick which one. And that was how we landed on the perfect date. I know it is such a good tool. The only problem is sometimes like getting the people to actually use the tool. Yes, correct. (laughs) The doodle is only as good as the doodlers. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But we did it. Yeah. So today... We're going to be talking about like the music that has shaped us. And so when we first brought this up, I was like, does this fit in with the good enough-ish vibe? And I mean, we figured we're just going to like make it, make it fit in somehow because we just really want to talk about all the music that 
was part of our youth. And yeah. I mean, Rent was a big part of like my high school. What what year did Rent actually come out? 96? Um, we need to Google that because for me, I feel like it would. So you, you and I, how, how far apart are we in years? I'm 45. You are 40. 42. I Am graduated I high school in 98. Am I 45? I am 45. I'm either 44 or 45. I'm pretty sure I'm 45. I think you're 45. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So we're about three years difference. So for me, rent feels like more of a college, a little bit post-college memories mm -hmm. than high school. April 29th, 1996 was the Broadway premiere of rent. Right. So that was freshman year of college for me. Yeah. Mm. So that was still high school for you, right? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. This is such a good topic. Um, I'm super excited to talk about it because I feel like oh, it just brings back all the memories of all the music. And I don't think when we were thinking about like, why is this good enough-ish? When I think about why we do this podcast, for me, it's all about like, how do we make our lives simpler and more joyful? And how do we spend more time doing the things that we love and less time yeah. doing the things that we don't? And so I think that's where music really comes into it for me too. Absolutely. I, you know, I love my podcasts and my audiobooks, and I listen to them a lot while I'm like packing orders or doing housework and things like that. And, but I also really, really love music. And recently I realized that I had not been listening to music much and I had a day that Nick was working outside of the home. He's usually working from home like I am. And so I had a rare work day to myself at home. And I kind of remembered that, you know, prior to COVID, I used to play music all day while I worked, did yeah. some dancing around the house, did some singing along because there's yep. no one there to hear me. Yep. And it really, it shifted my whole mood that day. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to do this more often. Yes. Um, I've definitely I been don't remember to do it car. enough. I oh. know. Is it, do you feel like for you, it's because there's always someone else home? I could just kind of forget that it's a tool that exists <laughs> for me. You know, like I, I know. forget like, oh my God, I really love it. I forget that it's a mood booster. Mm -hmm. I for I forget. Yeah. Well, it's funny because you, you and I have both have like special connections to the Indigo Girls. We love yes. their music. And we kind of started talking about this because a couple of weeks ago, Glennon Doyle had Indigo Girls on her podcast. And I think you texted me and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm listening to it right now. Yeah. And a lot, I think it was the very same week Kate and Dory on Forever 35 had mentioned Lilith Fair. Did you mm. go to Lilith Fair? I did not, but I loved all of the artists that were featured at the Lilith Fair. And so I went to Lilith Fair the first um, the first year. I might have also gone the second year, but I don't remember. But I definitely went the first year. And so Kate and Dory had been talking about this. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to call and leave them a voicemail. You know how we have a voicemail for our podcast. I called theirs and... I just left this rambling message about how Lilith Fair was so much of an inspiration for 16 or 17 year old me and how I loved all the artists and how so many of those artists shaped like the feminism feminist that yeah. I am or strive to be. Um, and so I feel like in the course of that one or two weeks that those podcast episodes came out, I fell back into this rabbit hole yes. of listening to 
Fiona Apple, Sarah McLachlan, Tori Amos. Uh, and it just, it did totally, it was something that it was like a piece of me that I had forgotten all of that yeah. music from growing up. Yeah. I know because, you know, that's the coming of age, right? Like the teenagers, teenage years and the twenties, I feel like it totally just shapes how you, who you are. I, we didn't have MTV growing up because we didn't have cable. We lived so far out in the middle of nowhere that we had an antenna that like not an antenna on the top of the TV, like an, like an actual huge antenna outside of our home that we had to use a dial on to position the antenna, like Northeast to get whatever channel we wanted. This was how out in the middle of nowhere we lived. And so I didn't have cable. I didn't have MTV. And in some ways I think that was actually good because I feel like I focused more on like the sound the music. I wasn't distracted by all the, all the other visuals that come with the video. And I used to, um, write down the song lyrics. I would write them in cursive. I had a notebook that I wrote down the song lyrics in. So just picture me with like the look tape recorder and I'm like pressing like play, stop, play, stop, play, stop, and writing the lyrics down. Because I think at that time, not all not all the CDs or not all the tapes came with the lyrics. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I would write them all down. And ugh. I have a memory of, and this is going to sound so ridiculous. Remember the TI-82 calculators? Yes. That you could like, there was like a little note section and you could actually type things into it. Oh. I remember... I don't know why it was this specific song. Maybe like when I happened to get my first TI-82 calculator, I also discovered Van Morrison's, um, what's the song? Moon, no, not Moon Shadow. Moon yeah, Dance. I, moon Dance. Moon Dance. Mm -hmm. For some reason, I remember like sitting on my bed, writing all of the lyrics to Moon Into Dance. your calculator? Oh my gosh. Just in case I needed a break during math class to read the lyrics to that song. I don't know. But isn't it funny how we used to do those things and I don't, I don't know if, if kids these days <laughs> still write down <laughs> the lyrics to their favorite songs because you can look them up on the iPad or other device. Um, but yes, I used to do the same thing. And I also have, so along with like the whole Lilith Fair, Indigo Girl, um, you know, a mess, something that I mentioned in my message to Kate and Dory was that I went to see Tori Amos when I was 12 mm. at a little theater called the Keswick Theater in Glenside, Pennsylvania, which is, you know, it's not in the city. And so it was a little bit of a hike from where we lived in Delaware County. But my mom took me and my friend Jill and her sister. And it's so funny to think that when I was like eight and 10 years old, I was going to see Debbie Gibson. Mm -hmm. And then sometime over the course of those couple of formative years, I remember discovering Tori Amos on VH1, mm -hmm. her silent all these years music video, which do you remember that video? Well, no, Brooke, because no. I, like a lot of these, I literally have never seen the video. Well, you're going to have to look that up because it's, it's like a visually beautiful video. And I was like, oh, I love this song. Who is this woman at this piano? And it was like a very simple but beautiful video. And so, you know, in those few years shifting from this kind of teeny bopper type yeah. of music to Tori Amos was really my first foray into like these really deep singer songwriters. I mean, 
And this concert with her, it was just her and her piano on a stage, no flashy lights or anything. I mean, she has a very um, dark acapella song called Me and a Gun about an experience when she was raped. And just to think about the learning curve of that time period of my life, I still listen to that album and it's just, uh, you know, it just kind of brings you back and, and reminds you, reminds me of the person that I was becoming. In oh days. yeah. Because we were getting exposed to topics that were new to us, like yeah. sexual assault or suicide or abortion or whatever it might be. And yeah. so, uh, you know, it, it was very much like a coming of age and getting exposed to you know, like anger and sadness and a lot of those like really confusing feelings that you feel around that time, hearing somebody verbalize that, Yeah, you know, it was a little different than like lost in your eyes, you know? Oh yeah. Debbie's, <laughs> Debbie's hit. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. I have so many memories. I loved The Cure. I loved mm-hmm. The Cure. I still love them and I can still remember um, I think, I don't remember if it was a tape or a CD. So there, we used to do ski trips at my school and I quickly learned after the first ski trip that I hated skiing. Mm-hmm. I was terrified. Like I could not see the appeal of racing down an icy mountain nope. completely out of control. Like that just did not appeal to me. Mm-hmm. But what I did like, and this was probably before, you know, this is before I realized I was an introvert. What I did like was the ski lodge. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, the little fire and the coziness and the wood and the oh. So I would go on these ski trips and not ski, but like hang out in the ski lodge while all my friends were skiing. And I think that was around the time that I discovered um, the cure close to me, that song. And I had like the deluxe instrumental version. And I just remember sitting in the lodge. And I think I probably listened to that song 25 times that day, just like over and over and over again. And so I cannot listen to that song now without being transported to whatever ski lodge we were at in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I was never fully into the cure, but, um, but I know that like you and I, we've talked a lot about the Indigo Girls and I want to know, like, do you remember when you kind of discovered them? I mean, because that's very different than, you know, some of the notes that you wrote down in our little document, like Pearl Jam, The Cure, Jerry Garcia, and then Indigo Girls. Tell me more. (laughs) I know. I think my sister was four years older than I was. And so I think she started getting into it. Um, Like our high school that was definitely sort of like a grunge folk hippie independent like alternative like our high school the popular kids i guess were really into that Mm. so remember we've talked about i wore the birkenstocks with the wool socks Mm -hmm. dyed my hair black for my you know high school picture parted it in the middle like I think for one year for homecoming, I wore like a hunter green dress, black tights and like Doc Martens is what I wore mm-hmm. to homecoming. So this was the fate, you know, the, the the type that we were talking about. So I think like, yeah, my sister's older friends were really into it. And I think she kind of, I, I think I remember maybe even Land of Canaan before Closer to Fine. I don't know if they're in the same album. Um, but yeah, she introduced me to it. And I remember... My friend Shelby, um, we would ride around in her old BMW and we would smoke clove cigarettes. And she had this lipstick that she wore. It was like coffee something. 
Um, and like we both wore this dark brown lipstick. And I remember that lipstick was, was like gonna be like discontinued and she brought like a hundred of them or something. That's yeah. Um she's still working through them. Oh yeah, she's probably still using the coffee. It was like a Revlon coffee or something like that. But um yeah, I think I discovered them with my sister, but I don't really remember like when or how. No. But closer to fine is like part of my DNA, that song. Yeah. Even in my course that I teach, you know, the four modules are home habits, focus, and flow. And in the fourth module, flow, I actually, there is a slide where I full on read them the lyrics to Closer to Fine. It's so good. And it was maybe going to be the title of our podcast, except too many people (laughs) had already used it. I know. know. Yeah. It's part of my DNA. And is it, is it the song that we sang karaoke or did we sing galileo or something else you and i, I you're asking me to recreate a memory from that night which was yeah. uh it was a fun night mm-hmm. hard to pull specifics out of yes that, that was your 40th birthday and we well a celebration of your 40th it wasn't your actual 40th but we yeah. um sang a little karaoke sang i i used that word loosely in brigantine in brigantine new jersey maybe. Maybe just shouted closer to fine into a microphone, but and first, and I think there is a video of it which we will not be um, sharing. And um, there's a lot of finger pointing in the video. There's a lot of I don't know if that's me or you or both of us, but <laughs> there's there's a lot of like dancing with fingers. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, we're both trying yeah, to recreate the motion have now. To like, yeah, you know, uh-huh. it was it was a whole vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. But yeah, I just, when I, there's certain like albums or songs when I hear them. Did you ever listen to Fiona Apple? Um, I think I didn't didn't love Fiona Apple. She was a little bit too angry for me. Uh, She was angry and that's what I liked about her. It was like, I think she was one of the first female singer songwriters that I really got into that was like unabashedly angry yeah but also like a really beautiful singer and had really beautiful music um that appealed to my interest in in still beautiful songs that sounded more angry I don't yeah. know I just kind of like her. Alanis Morissette um, yeah she was almost yeah she was a little more out- outwardly pissed <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, Alanis yeah. or the yeah. or Alana? Yeah, yeah. Alanis. She was, she was pissed. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can still remember mixtapes, like mm-hmm. mixtapes that people made for me. I can still remember the songs on them. I think I I got an angry mixtape made for me by a guy once, like as a breakup tape. Well, I had broken up with him, and then he made me a tape, and all the songs were like, "You don't know what you're missing," or you know what I mean, like really angry breakup songs. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'm I'm sure I made some of those embarrassing mixtapes for people that I was trying to send subliminal messages to. Mm-hmm. Mixtapes were definitely my love language. Like mm. back in the day, if I could still burn a CD today, I would. But right now it's all just like Spotify playlists. And that's a lot less exciting than handing someone like a mixtape or a mix CD that you used to write oh, the yeah. names of the songs onto. That was absolutely one of my love languages. That's something that I should find a more like modern way to make mixes for my friends that still has that personal feeling. Um, My friend Emily of the uh, Halloween costume fame, who I discussed last week, she still makes a Valentine's Day mix every year for girlfriends 
that she used to mail to me on a CD and now she does create a Spotify playlist. But it's such a nice thing to just see her current compilation of, you know, they're they're definitely geared um, more towards love songs because it is Valentine's Day. But just really, it's so nice to hear what a friend is listening to because that's not something we really do anymore with with all of the streaming services. I don't even buy albums anymore. You know, it's just you listen to whatever you're in the mood for. It's not like it's very rare these days for me to listen to an album from start to finish. And there was something so special about, about that back in the day. I know because I feel like the artists really went the extra mile to make sure that the storyline was so mm-hmm. interesting from the beginning to the end. It's almost like a runway show where you're watching it and like it's a, there's a crescendo and there's a climax. And I do miss, there's certain things, there's certain albums that I always listen to beginning to end. And so if you put it out of order, it like, it like scrambles my brain. It's just, rough. you know, like Bob Marley legend. That was basically, you know, cause in the summertime I lived close to the beach and the summers we would always live at the beach um, after high school and in college and every single party that you went to, cause they had like three CDs, like Pearl Jam and Bob Marley legend. Like that's what you listened to. It was just like Bob Marley legend from beginning to end. And I cannot listen to it out of order or the Indigo girls. A lot of the Indigo girls CDs, I listened to them like in order because mm-hmm. that is the way they are supposed to be listened to. My friend Ainsley had given me the album, um, the 1200 curfews Indigo girls. It's like, a, it's a compilation of some live performances mm. And that album, it's like a two disc. I mean, it was at the time a two disc um, album. And I still know what song is coming up next, even if I haven't listened to it like in years. That's one that I listened to recently a couple weeks ago and I knew exactly what was coming next. I remember the lines they say. She tells a story about and I bought him a ring and that oh. wasn't the cool thing to do. And that was just the beginning of the rest of my life. You know, it's, right. it's like all of those little things that you don't even realize are ingrained in you. Um, so I think I'm going to make it a goal for the next, I don't know, until we record our next episode. Maybe I'm going to go into the the Brook Music Archives mm. and just listen to some more of those old tunes. And especially when I'm I'm needing a mood shift. Yes. I know. See, I forget. I tend to spend so much time in my head yeah. and just like thinking and thinking and thinking. And sometimes music can really snap me out of that. I have gotten better at So in Spotify, I created a playlist that I just called Joy. Mm. And I've been putting some of my old favorites in there. Like, for example, Tracy Chapman, Fast Car. Oh, oh my God. It's so good. So good. How can but you I'm- not to that book. how can you not and where is tracy chapman like i need her in my life still she had is she i think so i feel like she had something come out a few years ago i think she's just like a low-key like stays out of the spotlight but i think yeah. she still does a lot of writing and performing um yes that song oh my gosh and sometimes i'll just do like well, I don't use Spotify. I use Amazon Music, but I'll just do like Amazon Music Roulette, where I just kind of go through the favorites and pick one and and play it from start to finish. That's something I need to get in the habit of doing again because I think that's another thing with digital music collections. It's not like you're you're going through. Remember, like the um, the sleeves where you where we would keep all of our CDs for going on the road. It's just different when you're not flipping through it. I know. I know. 
Yeah, I um, I think too, it's also super important to get all your devices hooked up to your music, like the Alexas and all that kind of stuff. Because I think a lot of times you'll say like, like one another, one of my favorites is Ray LaMontagne. I'll say like, okay, Google, play Ray LaMontagne. I'll be like, you have not configured your subscription for blah, blah, blah. So taking that time to really get it set up so that you can make it a lot easier to listen to. Great idea. Yeah, I not now I'm yeah now I'm gonna try exactly, but by then by our update episode, I'm gonna try to be better at just listening to music and just enjoying it and let it. I think it kind of gets you in the moment, gets you present a little bit more. Yeah, dig in and find like an old favorite that you haven't listened to in years and see what it brings up. Mm Hmm. Okay, this was fun. I feel inspired. All right, let's take a little break. Okay. Okay. We'll be back. Bye. You're listening to the Good Enough-ish podcast with Amanda Jefferson and Brooke Forey. Visit goodenoughish.com for show notes with information from each episode, as well as links to all the places where you can find us on the internet. Now back to the show. All right, Brooke, we're back. Hey, hi. <laughs> Okay, it's my turn to talk about what's sparking joy. But before I do, I wanted to say a little bit more. I got to say more about Indigo Girls. I mean, please do. You know, okay. this is basically an Indigo Girls fan. <sighs> an ode to Indigo fan Girls. Podcast. Yeah. Oh God. So um, you mentioned earlier the recent episode that they were on with Glennon Doyle. And um, it was adorable because Glennon Doyle and Abby Wambach, I think Glennon more than Abby, but her wife, her wife, Abby, has gotten really attached to them, too, ever since being married to Glennon. But anyway, she is like the president of the Indigo Girls fan club, and she was so nervous for this interview, and it was really cute. Um, But it was just, it was really, really powerful interview because they talked about so much about their sexuality and um, religion and so many other topics. And they also talked a lot about like, they both still struggle a lot with self-doubt, which you think like, what are you talking about? Like you are one of the most famous, amazing folk duos in history, but they still do. And it was really interesting to talk about, you know, how when they came out, it was such a different time and questioning their sexuality and all of that kind of stuff. Like there, there's so much like lingering trauma associated with coming out during that time versus, and it just, it gave me a lot of gratitude for the fluidity um, and just like the more openness that there is in our society today for people that are going through that. It was also really fascinating because Emily talked about her journey with sobriety. I had no idea that, I mean, the Indigo Girls practically broke, almost broke up because she was having such a struggle with alcoholism and they ended up having to do an intervention. Um, it was interesting because as you know, I quit drinking um, about five and a half years ago. And she said, I always thought I was an extrovert, but I was just drunk. (laughs) And I related to that a lot. Um, and sort of that really helped me understand too, that I think as an introvert, I turned to alcohol a lot to really remove a lot of that friction, remove a lot of that social friction and just kind of loosen up and relax. And so I just really encourage people to listen to that episode. We'll put a link in the show notes because I think um, even if you're not that familiar with Indigo Girls, there's just so much to take away from it. So it was a really beautiful episode. Yes. 
<sighs> Thank you for sharing. I know. Yeah. And as we mentioned, my name literally came from loving them. Indigo yeah, organizing. Indigo organizing. I know. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I thought that they had come up with this, had this much more deep process for coming up with their name, but they literally opened up a dictionary and were like, Indigo, <laughs> that's a cool word. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. So they were very like good enough-ish about choosing them. The, that yeah. Word. And, uh, yeah. So it was really interesting. Love it. Well, what else? So that wasn't necessarily your joy sparker, even though it does spark a lot of joy. Yes. Um, but tell us what else is sparking joy for you right now? So, you know, we always we don't like to always talk about a product that's sparking joy because sure. it's good enough-ish and we want to be talking about, you know, tools and tips and thoughts and, you know, that sort of thing. But there is a product that has come into my life recently that I'm really enjoying and I wanted to share, especially as the holiday season comes up, because I think it can be a great gift. So these are called um, I Am Everything Affirmation Card Decks, Card Deck. And it's created by a company called I Am Media at IAMandCo.com. And it's basically 30 feel-good affirmation cards to help you remember who you really are, is what this says. Mm -hmm. So I have been in a bit of a funk lately. I don't know why. I just am. And I needed like a little pep talk every day. So actually, as part of our well-struck um, business community, one of our fellow business owners in that group posted these and I'm just loving it. So I read them. I just love the way they're written. So for example, so I choose a card every day, usually before I'm getting ready to sit down at my desk. Um, and so this one says, I am ambitious. I put my goals and ideas into actions. I take a leap of faith and I believe in myself. When I put my heart's desires into action, it is for the good of all those involved. I am ambitious. So it's like, ah, it's lovely, right? Mm -hmm. And like, I got one when I, I posted it on Instagram when I had COVID and I was having a really hard time just kind of letting myself be sick. It was like, I am still was mm -hmm. the, the prompt. Um, like this one. So I am discerning. I love myself enough to say no to people in situations that don't serve my highest good. I am discerning. Mm. Right? Yeah. I wouldn't put the word discerning with like, I wouldn't naturally put that with saying no, but yeah, that absolutely mm -hmm. makes sense. And that's very good enough-ish. It's very good enough-ish. And I do find that when I pull a card, it does have, like, it's never like I read it and I'm like, Psh, that has absolutely nothing to do with what I'm going, with what I'm experiencing today. So I have been finding them nice little pep talks. So when I ordered them, I think it was like, if I ordered three or four of them, I got free shipping. So I went ahead and did that. And I've already given one away as a gift and the person loved it. So Good. yes. Yeah, I love those. I'm going to have to get some too. Well, I might have gotten you some. Oh. <laughs> I was hoping that's what you were going to say. <laughs> I might have gotten you some already. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Thank you in advance. Yeah. So we'll post about those in the show notes. So what, um, what are you doing right now, Brooke, to do your future self a favor? Well, something I spent most of my Sunday afternoon doing was kind of, well, turning some of the, the summer clothes over because now I think we're officially out of like shorts weather. So although my daughter did go into short into school in shorts today, 40 degrees out. 
I mean, I still leave Grand Short. I decided to not pick that battle. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, like, and not even just turning the clothes over, like in the in the closets or dressers, but um, for me, it's all about doing like your winter gear inventory now. Yes. So I had both of my kids try on their winter coats from last year. Um, even though I thought I bought Graham a big enough coat last year, sleeves are a little short this year. So doing that kind of inventory now is really helpful so that when those first cold days arrive or that first snowy day gets here, you've got, you know, the snow pants, the boots, the gloves, the hat, the jacket, everything that fits. So not just for kids, but for adults as well. I realized that my winter coat is looking a little haggard. So yeah. I'm going to be keeping an eye out on sales and, and looking is that your around. your purple coat? My purple coat. Your purple coat. I love my purple coat. But you know what? I was looking, like, my phone, you know, pops up with memories every once in a while. I'm like, oh, I have had this coat for, like, five years. It's my puffy mm-hmm. coat that I love. And, you know, I love a winter coat that is colorful because... Otherwise, everybody is just a sea of usually black jackets. Yeah. And except for kids, kids get colorful jackets, but why don't grown ups? So I usually try to seek out something with color. So I I do need a new jacket this year. Um, But it's just, I felt really good going through and seeing, you know, what fits or what's in bad condition and needs to be replaced or donated so that when it really gets cold soon, I will be totally prepared. Yes. So I need, yeah, I have to add to my to-do list that I'm going to go down. I'm going to look at the size mm-hmm. You make sure snow pants, snow boots. And I do want to do, like, you have done a, bit, a good job of going on, like, buy nothing groups and getting yeah. these, which I think I want to try to do this year, too, because it's the one thing that, like, Isabel's very picky about her clothes, but she could care less what her snow boots and her snow pants and all of that look like. So oh, yeah. I can just get, you know, the kid down the street, get their stuff. Oh, yeah, because I I don't think I've yet to buy a pair of snow pants for my kids. Like, it's whatever someone is either handing down to us or, like, the local Facebook groups that someone's getting rid of all their kids' snow stuff that doesn't fit. Because, you know, they're really only going to wear them, like, four times tops. Yeah. Depending on what kind of winter we have. Sometimes we don't we get no snow. Sometimes we get a ton of snow. So, yeah. um you know, I definitely don't like to spend money on those things, but starting, if you know what you're looking for, keeping your eyes out for things like that now, right. it's great. Cause when someone else is cleaning out their basement, you can snag their goodies. Or you can do like the in search of the ISO, like mm-hmm. put a little post on there. That that's what you're looking for. Is the media, is media having its garage sale weekend this year? We did. It was a month ago though. You missed it. Oh really? I thought it was yeah. always in October. It's always yeah. September. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. It's always mid Well, I miss that. Where, yeah. where? I need to get myself some new snow pants this year because I lost a bunch of weight a few years ago, Brooke, and so I decided that, you know, I was a size six, and so my snow pants should be a size six. I am not a size six anymore, Brooke. Okay. So last year I just did the old unbutton the top button thing, but then mm-hmm. they still kind of hurt. They hurt. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get snow pants that don't hurt. I did invest in some waterproof gloves. You know, mm, like those mm-hmm. were key. So you, you can do the snowball fights and stuff. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, I do still have to. We, I think I found that my kids have things that fit and I figured out what I need to get them. But we also have a bin of like miscellaneous gloves and hats and scarves that could probably. Transition. You know, I, could, 
I could probably weed through some of those things and get rid of a lot. So yeah. um, that'll be that'll be my next step once I'm sure that we have everything that we do need, kind of getting rid of some duplicates and things that my kids are never going to wear. Yeah. So, yeah, but I did feel really, um, really on top of my game by going through our clothes and everything this weekend. And, and I feel ready, feel ready for the chilly weather. The other thing I did last summer, that last winter that I was like, super excited about, and I'm Googling it right now, um, I got myself cute winter snow boots. Mm-hmm. Cute snow boots. Yeah. You know, the kind that have like a little bit of the fur sticking out and they've got, so like the ones that I, oh, Sorel, that's not the one I got because those are expensive. I but I got those years ago. Yeah. Right. But the Sorel boots that are adorable. I got a less expensive sort of version of those, but that right. sparked a lot of joy for me because I feel like I was more willing to do like an evening outing or something like that. If I had my cute little winter boots. Gotta get your cute boots. Gotta get your cute boots. Cute boots. Yeah. Good. Well, we'll just be out in our cute boots this winter and we'll be so proud of ourselves because we were on top of it. Yes. I want to remind you, Brooke, that in two, three episodes, we're going to have our updates episode. So we're on episode 27. So yeah, I know Brooke's like, I have to report out on all the things I said I was going to do. I have not done the passport thing yet, but our friend Megan gave me a call last week and gave me a little pep talk because she was getting caught up on episodes. She listened to that one. She told me because she recently had to get passports for her and her kids, or I think just her kids. And so she gave me the drill and I told her I was going to call that day okay. and I did not. And I did, did not. not. I did, did not, not, but it's okay. It's okay. More updates to come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will give everybody a sneak peek because I know that people are on the edge of their seats. Um, Truly. The Yeah. The real ID. I got the, you know, the crushing news email notification back that I could not in fact do it online that I needed no. to come in. So I did step two, which was I have gathered my papers. Okay. But I did the old, you know, I have my focus acronym and the S is scooch it. Mm-hmm. I had said, okay, I'm going to go on Monday to do this. And it was like one of the busiest weeks of my year. I'm like, why am I doing this? I don't have to do it till May. I have my paperwork together. I just need to go. But the podcast listeners are counting on The you. podcast listeners are counting. But I did a strategic scooch. Okay. All right. Yeah. Strategic scooch. I like it. Double yeah. S. Double S. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, all right, Brooke, this was fun. Hopefully next time we're going to be in person again. We're going to have our caramel lattes from the Wa. Junie's going to be staring at you with her bulging eyes. Scratching my legs. Luckily, it's pants season. So, you know, like, you know, legs will (laughs) be covered from the scratch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, it was lovely. Miss you. And I can't wait to talk to you soon. Okay. Miss you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Good Enough-ish. We will be back each week with new topics, stories, tips, and personal experiences, as well as some good old friendly banter and lots of laughter. Don't forget to find us on Instagram at goodenough.ish, email us at goodenoughishpodcast at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail at 484-440-9498 with questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes. Thanks for listening. Bye.